0: Hi, I'm Breck. And
1: I'm Sally. And we're two friends that wondered why it was so hard to make friends as we got older. Join us each week on Bask in Friendship as we explore friendship themes and tips on forging better bonds. We believe female friendships are going to save the world. Deep Friendship. Today's topic
0: so meaningful. It's so real, so hard. It's so good. And what does it even mean? Is it the same for everybody? Is it the same for me every decade? Is it the same for me before, during, and after life changes? Oh, so many questions, but we're electing to dive into it early in our podcast. Here we are at episode five, because I think when we initially started to think about how women make friends, we consider that the holy grail of friendship, a real, true friendship, were deep friends. The ones that totally get you. Our big question in Building Basque is how do we initiate interactions between women such that they can eventually become deep
1: friends? Oh man, so good. Such a good topic. I hope I hope y'all are just settled in. Cup of coffee, cup of tea. Because it's feeling like deep friendship is like the marriage of the friend relationship. That's like sounds so serious. It's that holy grail.
0: Right? And I feel like much like every marriage is different, it seems like all deep friends are slightly different. But they require openness, honesty, vulnerability. Rena Staub Fisher, a therapist, posits that. The freedom to be authentic in a friendship is vital for developing more meaningful friendships. She thinks that a deep friendship is one where we feel seen and loved for exactly who we are. It's when we feel safe enough to talk about what's really on our minds and in our hearts. And when we can trust that those things that make us quirky, unique, different, those are the qualities that our
1: friend cherishes most about us. Okay. So I feel like I just want to repeat this because it's, it's so good to develop a more meaningful relationship, to get to that deep friendship state, you have to have the freedom to be authentic There has to be safety between two people to talk about what's really going on. And for you to be that unique and quirky human that you are, it's so good. Um, that safety is honestly what needs to exist in all relationships, not just friendships. I think for humans to feel good and capable to thrive and grow, you know, honestly, this is goals for all of us.
0: It is. So
1: Sally, what do you think about with deep friendship? What comes up for you as we're digging into this? Gosh, I'm thinking about how we get to that place of safety. That's what comes to mind first. How do we get to a place of safety in our friendships? What is it that enables two people to develop a safe haven between the two of them? How, like, how do we get there? I think that, you know, part of it is honesty and conversation. So like belief that the other person is being real and true and giving us real answers and opinions and thoughts about the world that the way that they see it, not like lies or fabrications or edits on the way they see the world. So there's maybe a belief in that authentic person sitting across the table from you. Maybe that over time helps with safety. I also wonder if, just showing up like the consistency. Like you say, you want to do something with someone, then they show up over and over. Or you say like, let's have a call and they don't reschedule every time or they don't cancel every time. I mean, at the end of the day, we do need to communicate with each other in some form or fashion in order to build a relationship. Like it it has to happen. So you need time with friends. So to get to that safe haven, maybe it's consistency combined with honesty just like this is a true version of that person over and over you said you are this way and you continue to be that way you're not putting on a face
0: what do you think yeah i agree with that so much um and i, I think it, right it's it's repeatable actions that demonstrate like character um and i'm sure that's different for everybody right like some people will value that honesty piece More than I think there's a baseline where we all need honesty to feel safe. But for some people, like they'll put more weight into people who show up and are consistent more than did they tell the fib this one time or did they, uh, you know, what's the hierarchy of, of friendship needs? And I think to your point, like I think consistency is super important. I think honesty is important. And I think in turn with honesty, for me, I'm realizing in friendships one thing I really need is for it to be like bilateral. I need both people involved, right? Like I've had some friendships right where I feel like I'm disclosing, I'm sharing, I'm being vulnerable. And I just don't feel like I get it back. And so if I felt safe enough to trust and to disclose it, I would hope that they feel the same way. And so that's always a piece where it's, how how much how vulnerable can you be with your friends? Like how much can you share with them? And for me, I think like that's what to me that's like a true, true friend. That's what keeps it different than an acquaintance or like a lower level, not to say lower level, but like a friend that is more context. Yeah, more context specific, where like a real true friend, I can say all the things unfiltered, unedited, and they will like go, mm mm-hmm. And also, and like, this is what happened to me when that happened. And like, for me, that's nourishing in a friendship. And so when I get, you know, like, hey, how are you? Like, what, what's new? What's going on? Like, how do we start the conversation? How do we get into the conversation? Um, especially when we're like distant and apart. Um, it really falls flat when people don't disclose and they're like, fine, fine. you know, um, I'm like, no, I want, I want like go on a rampage. Tell me 13 sentences. Tell me like five paragraphs. Like, tell me a crazy story about the one time you left your house this month. But when people don't, you know, I don't need to hear the high level. Like you're the person I want to hear weird. I want to hear deep. I want to hear just real.
1: Mm -hmm. And to get there, do you think there's like a testing the waters? Like you might Drop something and like see if they receive it, and then kind of that bilateral piece back that quality back. Like, I hear you, I'm a good listener, I'm taking it in because that's also really important. And then that return of truth, honesty, vulnerability, non fibs, <laughs> consistency, right? Like, it's a little bit of I'm going to test here and see if I get it back because I like you enough or I'm interested enough to share, but I need to like see if I get it back. Is, right. is that what happens? Like, cause, cause you're, I think you're articulating this like great again, Holy grail and like Mecca of like beautiful give and receive and like alignment on that, but like to get to that, to get to deep friendship that looks like that. Yeah. I think that's a good point. There's like, there's some testing of the waters.
0: I think with any, I mean, I keep thinking it's similar in the really, in the, like a romantic relationship, right. Where you're kind of like, I'm going to, you know, you just, you go a little bit further each time, right? And you're like, okay, like the emotional stakes have are different. And and so I think, yeah, you try to test. I also, and maybe this is more just like my own personal personality pattern. Um, I think I give people a lot of leeway. Um, and so I'm like, oh, well, maybe they're just more reserved. And so maybe I'm more of the discloser, but there has to be that point. There's that tipping point where you're like, maybe... Um, It's like a game of emotional chicken Mm. where like, which one of us is going to take the leap from like being acquaintances into being true friends. And sometimes I feel like that leap, if you're hanging out consistently, you're having good calls, um, then that for me, I feel like sometimes that next leap is like emotional disclosure. Mm -hmm. Here's a story I have that's like not small talk. It's not about the weather. It's like a personal story where I feel like you'll understand a little bit more about me. And seeing how that's received, I think, helps determine where you're like, are we going to bridge the gap and become a deeper, more meaningful friend? Or are we going to just stay like conditional friends? And that's okay, too. But it is like are, the stakes do rise, I think, once you hit those other thresholds. Like consistency, we have a good rapport. You feel like you can trust them. But sometimes it's a chicken and egg. You don't know until, until you know, right?
1: Like until you, you put yourself out there. Yeah. That also brings to mind that there, I I have like a specific example of a case where we didn't have that stability of rapport or what we've talked about previously on the podcast, shared interest, shared experience. We had a little of that. Um, But for me, this particular person wasn't moving beyond acquaintance, casual friend zone. Um, And not because we weren't being open and honest, like we we weren't, but we, I also just didn't like the vibe wasn't there. We we all know that we can't all be friends with everybody. And so for me, I saw her as just like limited in our ability to get to deep friendship. And then one day she just like was super emotional and like cried to me about like something not related to me to the point where like, this is how you would potentially be open and vulnerable with a deep friend. And I just remember sitting there like, I don't have the capacity to receive this because I don't actually deeply care about you in this way. I care about you as a human and I want to like hold space for you because you're really emotional about something and there are tears here. And that like breaks my heart. But as a friend, like I I don't have that emotional connection to you yet. And I didn't think we ever would. So it was a complete surprise to me, and and something that was frankly initially a professional friend, like professional relationship and friendship. And so the whole thing was like, I think we skipped a few steps here, and like you're you're you skipped a few steps, and like there wasn't this like playing chicken in equal parts all the way to this deep holy grail. There was I, I wasn't playing chicken at all. Like I wasn't there yet, and so it's that also made it particularly difficult I think because she had an expectation that maybe we were headed there and I just wasn't
0: yeah I wonder about that I wonder if sometimes like it's circumstantial right like someone was just going through something and you were the nearest friend right <laughs> and're <they're> like <laughs> you might not be the friend I would normally cry to <laughs> but like you are at arm's distance and I need a person, person. like maybe you're the closest proxy she had to something that felt more immediate, like her emotional needs were more immediate than her ability to find the most appropriate friend at that time. Yeah, <laughs> Right. Um, I, I, I feel on the opposite side, like I have been that person where I was like, oh, we weren't that kind of friend, but like there was some immediacy in like my need to like uh, emotionally have an outlet to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like a growing up and maturing thing, which is like knowing Hmm. that there are these invisible boundaries and they're not to hold you back. It's like for your own safety, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not to put people in boxes. It's because like, if you know your work friend is your work friend, you're not hurt that when you cry to them about your boyfriend, like <sighs> they're, they're like not so happy to go there,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, and there's probably like two other Um, overlays on all of this, which is one, like we're getting lonelier by the year. So this woman might not have had deep friends to open up to just in life. Like maybe she had lost them. Like we also lose friends, right. And people move and it's hard to stay in touch. Um, And then just in in general, like as, as we get older, which is sort of our, um, you know, impetus for starting basket is harder to, to meet and make friends. So like you know, for her, maybe this was expediting that process. Like let's get to openness and vulnerability sooner rather than later. And for me, and again, this is so different for everybody. For me, it was like too soon, too fast. And in a space where I just never even imagined we'd get there. Um, so there's, there's a lot of, I, I like the thought that you brought up that, you know, playing chicken, that it is quite like that deep marriage or a committed partnership relationship where it's like, who's going to say, I love you first. And like, how soon, like there's like a pacing aspect of that too. Um, and, and does it challenge the relationship if one person's pace is different?
0: It's so true. I mean, it really is. I mean, well, I maybe just all relationships are similar and romantic relationships seem like the ones that for for a lot of like heterosexual cisgendered gendered people like there's an end game in marriage um and so they're like oh well i have mastered that and like checked the box right and you're like i'm done with the romantic relationship thing for a lot of people it is a constant and evolving thing just just like friendships right and um and i think about that too where it's like yeah have you ever dated someone where you're like i think it's good it's going well i enjoy their company but like why did he start talking about marriage on day four? And like that feels wildly inappropriate. And like I am not there. And um, and we're just so there are things where you're like you're close, you're close enough, but that timing piece and like that, you know, it, there is just a a little bit of chance to all these relationships, right? It's like the right friend at the right time. And I think I don't know if you've ever been to that point. I think there's some point in your twenties where you feel like you're like. Up to your eyeballs and friends. And you've got friends everywhere, and there's always someone to hang out. That you're like, I don't need new, no new friends. We don't need new friends. And not like in a mean girl's way, but like in a I just can't keep up with more friends. I am my social card is full. Um, and then here at 30 something, mm. <clears throat> um, it's not quite that way. And it's maybe it's there's fewer friends, but it's still equally hard to keep up with them because the time demands are less, right? Like we've talked on, but also like distance is there, but what, what
1: we need, I think has evolved. Yeah. And our carefulness about how we spend our time has evolved.
0: And like, so similar to dating where it's like, you know, at this age, I wouldn't want to like be casually dating someone. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel in line with where I am at the time yeah, right. And so for me, it, it's there's this, these parallels with like age and maturity and like my expectations for the other things I need in my life. And some of them is like divorcing myself from shoulds and also just being like what I genuinely need. And like for me, maybe I'm just getting more intense and more and more um, set in my ways. But I'd like to think it's I'm being more aware of the things that are actually healthy and helpful for me. before anything kind of went. And now it's like, I want things that are positive or nothing.
1: Yeah. And, and I think the acknowledgement that the most of the time, the things that are like healthy and good in the friend zone are deep friendships. Like that's again, Holy grail, it's Mecca. It's like where we seek to spend our time because we get that Bilateral piece, we get that reciprocal. Like I give, I receive. It feels really good to be helpful. It feels really good to be heard. Um, it feels really good to have somebody to do something with that is in my shared interest group or shared experience group or just in my neighborhood. Like that's I think the indisputable antidote to loneliness that we don't really need to question anymore. Um Whereas maybe earlier on, we were kind of like, to your point, like, I don't necessarily need more friends because I don't even have alone time. And I don't know how much alone time gives me, like, joy in my life. Or I don't know how much of time with this particular friend group is what gives me the best feeling of satisfaction. And I think as we get older, we, like, weed out, like, what we need and what we don't need. Um, and deep friends end up holding a lot of the bags for us. Um you know, again, it's in the research. It's more about quality than quantity. Um, so I'm, I'm also like in this topic thinking, and you, you alluded to this a little bit, like in thinking back around how we make friends or how we think about friends earlier in life. Um, it really strikes me in this definition of deep friendship around humans accepting us or friends accepting us for our, all of our quirks and idiosyncrasies. Um, and I have to admit so much of my childhood and like teenager land for me was about fitting in. And I think that's normal. I, I think I know now that, you know, as a, and again, that's in the research, um, kids want to fit in they want to be loved. They want to be liked. Um, but I did a lot of like muting of my quirkiness to make friends or just trying to appear normal. And I don't think that I was extremely quirky, but I, I do remember just trying to like Be like everybody else. Like, I I wasn't embracing my quirkiness. Um, I just wanted to be normal. And again, I don't think this is a a unique human experience. I think that the the desire to be normal is pretty normal. Um, And it hasn't been until I've gotten older that I've rediscovered some of my uniqueness. I've tried to embrace it, you know, every day. Like, I I do want to show up for myself and, and be me just simply as me that unique and quirky person that I am. I want to be that person to my friends and also show that to acquaintances that might become friends, right? Again, in the spirit of showing up with honesty and authenticity. I think I'd love to see more people do this, like be themselves and feel like there is space to be accepted for being themselves. Cause those masks that we wear can be just so heavy sometimes.
0: I agree. I, um, it's it's making me laugh because I have like I feel a very um interesting relationship to the word quirky because my whole life I feel like people have called me quirky and I've like, <laughs> what does that mean? Like tell me, tell me what does that mean? How am I quirky? Like I was like label it, like use a word that isn't quirky to describe why I'm quirky. And so for me, I was always like, what is it like people called me that? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know what that means. I'm just me. Um and, and when I married my husband, he was like, you know, I thought you were going to be quirkier all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like 24-7 quirkiness with a capital Q. Yeah. He was like, I thought you were going to be, you know, like riding around in a unicycle playing a ukulele. And,
1: uh, Wearing like, a unicorn. <laughs> like,
0: what is this? You're reading? Like, what a letdown. Uh, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> um, And so... You know, I. It's funny, I, like hearing your experience in high school, because I, I think I pushed against that. I, maybe took the the teenage, and all of the puberty that went with it, <laughs> and you know, and I turned mine into a very angsty version of high school, and I was very much like, I will not fit in, I will not do what everyone is doing, I will not listen to In Sync because that is the in thing to do. I will do that alone in my house and not admit it. Um, And so I, I like took pride in the fact that I was not like everybody, even Mm -hmm. though, I mean, in retrospect, like it kind of was, you know, (laughs) it's like, it's I feel like there's some, some teenage thing where you're like, it is just as predictable to rebel against normal as it is to want to fit in and be normal. Hmm. If they were equally um, common and normal and safe behaviors at that time, right? Um, and so to your point, and then I think like in my 20s, I was like, okay, pull it together, pull it together. <laughs> be, be normal, be boring. yeah, be normal, be boring. Um, and now I think, yeah, it's just to the point, I just don't think about it, right? Like it's, I, I have very little time to think, but the people who I always love are these people who yeah like for for lack of a better word are just quirky and yeah. I like
1: Unab- yeah unabashedly themselves yeah. right And
0: I'm like oh more of you please. I would love to find more of you in the world. Um, and we have these British friends and I I don't know what it is maybe it's a sense of humor but I I feel like there is a higher um, reward for being quirky mm. in England. Interesting. So I feel like they like nurture quirk and there's like people who have like very interesting homes and like you know it's like mismatch and rickrack and and vintage and the antique and it's not um you know I think as common in the US where there is like a sort of a socioeconomic uniform people wear and there is like a very homogenous way that people decorate their homes and like that's kind of the reward is for staying in the norm. And so I do love when you find those people who are like just you so uniquely themselves. And you're like, where, where did you come from? Like, where are you? Like, what's your life circumstances? Like, I want to know everything about you and not like in a weird or accusatory way, like, where'd you come from? But like, I want to know your story.
1: Yeah. And maybe like a challenge to ourselves and folks listening is just, you know, next time you interact with someone or someone new for the first time and they do something that isn't, what, quite in line with what you might expect or they say something or they behave a certain way that is just slightly outside your like run-of the mill this is what I expect this is what our culture and society rewards as normal like be curious about them love them and like love them not anyway just love them and love on them and don't see those quirky aspects as a negative but try to see them as a positive I think this is a practice we could all we could all take on. And I think that could also help us get to deep friendship to get to that safe zone.
0: Yeah. I think that's such a great way. It's like, how do you frame it? How do you receive it? And like, if you do it with um, curiosity, instead Mm. of just like labeling, here's just, just be open and curious. And also I always think it requires a lot of bravery for people to be unapologetically themselves. So like, I look up to them off the bat. Right. like, you're brave. Like, God love you. You are brave.
1: And that, that confidence is for me, like an attractive quality in a friend or in a mate, right? Like that level of, this is just who I am. And this is how I show up every day. And you can take it or leave it. Like that confidence is, is what draws me into people.
0: Agree. So here's the question. It's, how do we get to deep friendship? How do we go like beyond working towards safety beyond authenticity How do we get there?
1: Yeah, I think there's just working on the friendship, working in and on the friendship. Um, I found this great Scientific American article that gave some really clear tips on just being a good friend. So that foundation over and over gets built in a safe and robust way. One, share a secret. Two, treat her like a grown up. Three, accept no friendship is perfect. Four, be there during hard times as much as you can. And five, just recognizing that this takes time. It does take time in showing up. Uh, There was a great quote in the article, 50 hours of time together to move from mere acquaintance to casual friend. 90 hours to go from that stage to a simple friend status. And more than 200 hours before you can consider someone that close, deep friend that is a lot of time. So those are just five tips. Um, something to think about, maybe start today. Is there anything else out there to get to deep friendship? What's worked for you, Breck?
0: That is a lot of time. Um, (laughs) right. Um, you know, for me, sometimes, sometimes the best way is just, you know, being consistent, being vulnerable, I wish I had like a silver bullet, right? Like here's my one, my one tip to be a phenomenal friend or like to have really deep friends. But I think it's, you know, maybe, maybe asking your friends the same, you know, you show up for your friends the way you want them to show up for you. And I think that's just that, that lead by example is the best shorthand for anything else. I have, and I've also like, I'm receptive to what my friends are doing, um, and like paying attention, um. And like, again, like parallel to to relationships, but like paying attention to their love language in in a way, Mm. uh, you know, I have a friend who, who mails me gifts just randomly. And it's like the most lovely, thoughtful, like unexpected thing. And I, and I like noted, I'm like, okay, I think to this person, this type of like friend behavior is like really like they, they value it. And so like, let me reciprocate that because that may not have been the most, like the most obvious way to show friendship for me, but it's not that I don't appreciate it. And so I love to reciprocate in the same way. Mm -hmm.
1: I love that. I think there's also like small ways um, to, to do exactly that of like sharing of gifts, which to me, a gift could also be an article, a photo, something that you see that just really quickly in your brain is like, oh that reminds me of Breck. And I used to just like, keep that close to me. And then over time I was like, Oh, I should just probably share that and say, like, I'm thinking of you. Like, even if it's the most random article, but somehow my brain made that connection to a friend. So I think that's another tip is like gifts, big or small are, um, I think really profound in getting that relationship to continue to deepen. Um, and just the thinking of you, especially again, we keep, I think we keep saying this caveat, especially in COVID times and especially over distance, um, kind of just sending that thought back to them of, I'm thinking of you, I think is a proxy for time. Um, and, and maybe it doesn't equate to hours, but it equates to like, just a little, a little blip of connection. It's like a little goodwill goes a really long
0: way. Um. Well, I love this conversation. It gave me some warm and fuzzies and I was thinking of, you know, all, all the good, like I feel, I feel very lucky that I have like, I'm good, stable, like just great, true friends. Um, And now I like, want to go like write them all cards and like go throw Mm. it in snail mail. Um, If you guys liked getting deep with us today, hit subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Send us a note if you and a friend want to share your friendship story with a broader audience. We will see you next time on Baskin Friendship.